We are here. We are here after a long, hard year at the arrival of God in human form. We are here in a sacred space that holds our individual and collective memories of God's presence. We are here at the moment when a thrill of hope enters the world in an ordinary, extraordinary way. As we have journeyed through Advent together, we have taken a close look at the people who helped usher Jesus into the world. We have allowed them to inspire us. Like Zachariah, we have been startled by the ways that God has suddenly appeared in our lives. Like Elizabeth, we have rejoiced over the fulfillment of our long-awaited dreams. Like John, we have spent time preparing our hearts and our homes to receive Jesus. Like Joseph, we have felt those moments of deep peace that come from resting in God. Like Mary, we have tried to be faithful to tend to what God is trying to birth into the world through us. We are here holding the same anticipation Israel experienced over 2,000 years ago in the midst of Roman oppression. Luke tells us that Joseph and Mary were on their way to Bethlehem because Joseph descended from the house of David. Now scholars say that it wasn't likely that there was a census that really took place at this time. And even if there was, Joseph would not have to return to his hometown. Luke makes the distinction because he wants to remind us that Joseph comes from the line of David, that Jesus comes from the line of David, the line of just and righteous kings. While Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to deliver the child. Since the time came is all that we get, I wonder, did her water break? How hard were her contractions? Did she grip Joseph's hand as she screamed? Luke tells us that there was no room for them in an inn. Now at the time, the inn might have been a place where pilgrims could spend the night. It could have been a guest room in a house like an ancient Airbnb or even maybe the sleeping area in a single peasant home. Mary and Joseph had none of those. They found themselves in an unexpected place. After Mary labored and cried, she took her child in her arms and wrapped him in bands of cloth. That was a common practice and a sign of maternal care. Then she placed him in a manger best interpreted as a feeding trough for animals. Then Luke, after spending only a few verses on the birth of Jesus, takes us to these shepherds keeping watch under the night sky. Another angelophany takes place, the appearance of an angel with a divine message, just as with Zechariah and Joseph and Mary. And the angel said, as he had many times before, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born, the Messiah, the Lord. And then suddenly more angels appear and they praise God saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So the shepherds talk with one another and they agree they will do what the angels have asked 
and they go to find Mary and Joseph and that baby lying in a feeding trough. The text concludes by telling us that they left and they spread the good news and all who heard it were amazed and the shepherds returned to their fields glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. As I pondered what this story, our story, might mean for us this year in particular, I thought about the birth of my son. On June 27th, 2018, I came home from a day of work where I had contractions from like 3 a.m. till I walked through the door. I exchanged nervous laughter with my husband, Mark, because we realized this might actually be the day. He made us a dinner of grilled chicken and corn. I remember I was so uncomfortable, I could not sit down. I took bites in between the pain, eagerly eating, knowing that this could be my last meal. After dinner and a phone call with the doctor, he took our dog, Annie, on a walk and I got in the bathtub to try to relieve the pain. At about nine o'clock, I was watching reruns of Grey's Anatomy and trying to determine if that knife in my back meant that it was time to go to the hospital. I walked to our den and I paced the rug back and forth, back and forth. And my friend's words echoed in my ear. No one else can decide when it's time to go. You are gonna have to be the one to say it. So I lifted my head and I yelled out to Mark, it's time, we gotta go. And he drove us on a bumpy 440, trying not to speed. I stared out the window and I very distinctly remember this thought going through my mind. The birth of babies is so ordinary and extraordinary. Ordinary because it happens all the time, every day in all of life's circumstances. Extraordinary because it changes our lives forever. And it was true. The next morning at 8.41, when that seven pound, seven ounce baby came out, we were shocked because we didn't know babies looked that purple. <laughs> but then we locked eyes and tears welled up and we rejoiced that our son was finally here. I wonder if that's how Mary and Joseph felt. I wonder if they locked eyes and teared up and felt that relief that Jesus was born. I wonder if Mary felt that indescribable love for another human being as Jesus was laid on her chest. I wonder if Joseph felt the faithfulness and obedience that he followed through those dreams had been worth it as he held Jesus wrapped in those bands of cloth. All throughout scripture, we see how God came to earth, how God came to God's people to reassure them that he was with them God came to Moses in a burning bush. God guided Israel through the wilderness by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. God brushed by Elijah on the mountainside after saying to him, go out there and stand. I want you to see me. Tonight we celebrate that when God wanted to make sure we knew that God was with us in all things, when God wanted to be seen, God came to us as a baby, as a human, vulnerable and made in the image of God. And I think that God did that on purpose. I think God spoke to us in a language that we can understand. 
the ordinary, extraordinary, everyday occurrence of birth. Because like Mary and Joseph, we understand what it feels like for a baby to change our lives. Children change us and save us and teach us just as Jesus does. Children pull us out of ourselves so that we can see and serve those around us. They call us to a better life and a higher purpose. They give us the capacity to love in a way that we have never loved before. They show us through their tender care just how close God is in our suffering. One morning a few months ago, my son Lewis, who is now two and a half years old, woke up early as he had been doing for several weeks. It was my turn to get up with him, so I took him to the couch in our living room and I admittedly handed him my cell phone and allowed him to watch my arch nemesis Blippy. I laid down and I pulled a cover over my head and I tried to settle my mind. I was nine weeks pregnant, but I had been bleeding for several days and recent labs had shown that one of my hormones was low. That day I was headed to have an ultrasound to confirm what was going on. The fear of not knowing for me was agonizing. I had already suffered one miscarriage before and I just couldn't believe that it was gonna happen again. As my thoughts started to spiral, tears quietly streamed down my cheeks. My son couldn't hear me. He couldn't see my face. And out of nowhere, he lifted his hand and he placed it softly on my back and he held it there as I silently wept. And I felt like in one of my deepest moments of despair, the hand of God was touching me. Later when they did that ultrasound, like one in four women, I stared at an empty black hole with no signs of life. I felt that deep longing and that pain yet again, but I knew that I had something to look forward to, the human yet mysteriously divine touch of my son. When we celebrate that God has come to us, that God is with us in our deepest despair, that is what we mean. God is with us like a child who unknowingly offers us a godly touch. God is with us like the nurse who holds a dying COVID patient's hand. God is with us like the friend who shows up and says, I will walk this road with you. God is with us like the hug of your mother and the kiss of your grandparents and the knowing look of your spouse. God, like every ordinary, extraordinary human in your life, has been with you, is with you now, and will be with you as you walk to the end of this difficult year. God's birth in Jesus shows us that there is no place too low for God to go. His humble birth as an infant with no status in the world, surrounded by the smells of animals and laid in a feeding trough causes us to lower our gaze. God didn't come to us through the wealthy and the wise. God didn't come to us in a high rise or a penthouse. God didn't even come to us in a sanctuary with stained glass windows or any building for that matter. Jesus 
the king of kings, is born into the mire and the muck and the dirt of life. And that tells us that he is present in every low, humble, hurting place. He is the God of the ventilator, of the isolated, of the oppressed, of the homeless, of the sick, and of the dying. God is the God of your lowest low. And it is precisely because of his presence for all people in all places that we have the audacity to rejoice in the midst of such darkness. Like the shepherds, we gaze upon the Christ child with wonder and delight, knowing that he offers us something that the world does not. And this is one of the last things that Luke wants us to understand. At the time, Emperor Augustus would have been known and referred to as the Prince of Peace. The people would have expected their king to bring law and order, tranquility and harmony wherever there was chaos and unrest. So when the angels sing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom he favors, it is a refrain of resistance. They are proclaiming the peace of another kingdom from another king. They are reminding us that true heavenly peace cannot be manufactured or fabricated by earthly kings or earthly things. The only peace on earth that can placate our pain comes from a God who is truly with us in our darkest hours. So when you are full of agonizing fear, not knowing what is next, when nothing can console you or cure you, when your heart is unsettled and your mind is in a state of unrest, when you are staring at the empty black holes showing no signs of life, rejoice and sing and resist the darkness with your entire being. Because tonight, your waiting and your longing and your praying has reached full term. Born to you this day is an ordinary, extraordinary baby that changes your life forever. Thanks be to God. Amen.